Locked on Boomer in the Morning. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is game day. Playoffs. Flames and Stars. Get your helmet on. What do we got? Four, five, six games this Going to play 12, 15, 20, 22. How many games? 26 that 04 team played. That's probably a few too many that you think about. Probably it. too many, yeah. yeah. So let's Apple find that less. sweet spot. Let's go. Those Kings teams that Daryl coached, they were efficient. Yeah, the one year they're very efficient. Four games, five uh, games, four games. Five. Oh, yeah, okay. That's, yep. All right. Well, how about that? Puck drop at the Dome, probably about 8.15, despite the 8 o'clock start. We've oh got boy. warm up at 7. It's oh going to dear. be uh, the full afternoon. So you're going to have to go to bed right after dinner and then wake up at 2 a.m. to watch this thing. I guess so, yeah. I worry for you. It's the things that I, uh, things that I, well, because you're going to the game, I'm sure. You've got a couple of invites to go hang in Yeah, i got to pick that, which, uh, so which, which location I'm going to be in. in. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So someone has to do the show tomorrow. So I guess I'll be doing the show a, tomorrow. Yeah, I bet you will. Uh, Adnan Virk joins us a little bit earlier than usual. Nice little uh, early treat. Adnan, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Boom Pinder, although that's absolutely a lie. I'm saying that because I'm conditioned to say that. i got to be honest. I don't know if you can hear my voice. A little groggy Uh-oh, today, a little no. tired. Oh, Late night of hockey last night. And listen, for you guys, Mountain Time Zone, it's different, right? There's a late game. of no late game. What are you talking about? The Oilers-Kings game ends at uh, 10.30, no problem at all. Mm-hmm. But here on the East Coast, I mean, it, it's the kind of shift last night did where you're in at 6 Eastern, out at 1.30 Eastern. Mm. You know, when you're 24, you love it. You go, this is great. I'm getting paid to watch playoff hockey. I'm not going to go home and uh, watch a movie and go to bed at 4 and wake up at noon. But when you're old like me and you have young kids, you're just looking at that clock the whole time going, guys, it's over yet, it's over yet, it's over yet. <laughs> and the Oilers and Kings, three all with about seven minutes to go. I'm cursing <laughs> out both those teams going, seriously, I don't need this night one of the playoffs. And then thank God Los Angeles scored and I'm now pushing for the Kings to keep things going because they actually stepped up and avoided a disastrous scenario of overtime. So, uh, I got home around 2.30 a.m., and I just got up for this hit for oh. all of us right now. So, um, listen, I love the playoffs. It's great, but it's better when you're at home. And then you fall asleep on the couch, and then you wake up, and you go, oh, my God, that was a great game. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking you'd either had uh, two two whiskeys already or you were just a little lethargic from a late night. So I, we can feel the vibes. There's You're powering yeah, through no, no. here. Appreciate it. <laughs> I promise you, no whiskey sours. But, so, I, uh, yeah, yeah, a little lethargic. But it, Listen, I am pumped for the Flames, so I had to put in my uh, my bracket through NHL Network. I'm like, listen, are you kidding me? I'm going Flames all the way. I'm going to call Flames Panthers. Of Ooh. course, you guys know I'm pushing for Giroux and Bobrovsky, a couple former Flyers. That's why I had to go with the Panthers. But I, I'm going the Flames. And even we had, like, these burning questions, like, from our researchers and analysts mm. for each team. So it's, you know, very easy ones for um, – I don't know, like uh, Colorado. Hey, can Darcy Kemper step up? Uh, you know, can Colorado finally get out of the second round? That kind of thing. But you know, for the Flames, there were, the, the burning question there was no burning question. It was like, hmm, very well-coached team, very well-balanced. Markstrom's excellent goal, solid defense, special teams. The, the burning question had to be, can the Flames' first line continue to sizzle? I'm like, really? That, that's what we're doing now? Like, like this prolific offense, like these guys who have been amazing. Goudreau, Kachuk, Leno, can they just keep it going? That's the burning question. That tells you the Flames are going to win. You know, that's like a better question than can Connor Ingram or David Riddick uh, play in the NHL? That feels like a, a more difficult question to answer <laughs> for Nashville, right? <laughs> what a disastrous scenario. And this is why, Pinder, whatever people say, oh, you know, who you're picking, who you're picking, you know, the smart guy always says, well, let me tell you at 655. Like I'll tell you right before puck drop yesterday, because that's when we had, that's when I submitted my picks, because there's always going to be some injury or some issue. And for the Predators, man, I mean, for, for those who aren't aware of the fact that they looked like they were going to be playing, you know, the number seven. They'd be the number seven seed. They'd be facing Calgary. And instead, the fact that they were up, I believe, 4 nothing, definitely 4-2 in the third. 4 and lost to the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. You lose to the freaking Coyotes. Are you kidding me? Like, how do you look in the mirror the next day? And now, all of a sudden, you've got to face the Colorado Avalanche. And now you see Saros is out for at least the first two games. I mean, what a disaster for Nashville. Hey, I love Roman Yossi. Um, but talk of an absolute mismatch, especially now, as you mentioned, Riddick, I believe his save percentage was 886. Like, it is going to be awfully. I mean, and this is the best thing about hockey playoffs. 
It is literally the best thing. If nothing tops the first round, because every other sport, it's, I wouldn't say it's fairly predictable, but it's, it's not nearly as unpredictable as hockey. Like the basketball first round to me is always laughable. Like, like there's not one person who thinks the Nuggets are going to beat the Warriors. You know, once Philly goes up 3 nothing on the Raptors, you know, it's ball game. But in hockey, you will get some genuine shocking upsets. Ergo, the Lightning three years ago, prohibitive favorite going out in the first round. So, listen, it's not to the Nashville cannot shock the world. But of every single series, that's the one that's the easiest to predict. And the Blues and Wild, after watching that game last night, I kept thinking on paper, guys, hey, that's going to be a good seven-game series. But I'm like, no, the, the Blues have had their number. They've won 10 of the last 11 games against Minnesota. They better wake up before game two. Otherwise, the Wild will be golfing too. What, what are your thoughts on what we saw between the Lightning and the Leafs? 5 nothing Toronto. They looked, uh, they were cruising. Tampa looked flat. It'll happen sometimes where a team that, uh, like Tampa, they know that it's a long run and it's a long series. It was game one. Did they wake the, the giant, right? Did they poke the bear in game number one? Is that the worst thing that could have potentially happened to the Leafs? Or do you feel like maybe this is, this is a Leaf team that can get it done? No, no, I think it's the former boomer. I'm 100% with you because I'm watching that game. And, of course, everyone always mistakenly thinks I'm a Leafs fan. Like, oh, hey, Toronto, man, you have your guys. I'm like, oh, actually, I'm a Flyers fan. But anyways, uh, and so the whole time they're like, I'm like, listen, they're already planning the parade on Young Street because I'm like, wow, the Leafs are trying to exercise these playoff demons, which we all know haven't been out of the first round since 04. That's five colossal failures along the way. To have a game like that, boom. That, I'm telling you, Tampa goes, okay, like, all right, we got that. Like, oh, all of a sudden, Austin Matthews, Mr. 60 goals, first twice. Marner, who has been a playoff joke, actually shows up, races playoff drop. Okay, all right, you got our attention now. Like, I thought it was fascinating the way it ended. Like, once you saw the Lightning, okay, we're just going to bloody this up a little bit, which Sheldon Keith, the Leafs coach, had said, I expect it to be a physical, maybe violent series. Like, he, he knows what Tampa's going to do. If, if, if things got awry, as they did last night, well, in the heck, Tampa's just going to beat them up a little bit and bloody them up a little bit. And Pat Maroon, particularly, the way he was just wailing on Morgan Riley, I'm like, wow, okay, Tampa's like, fine. You guys win game one. We are coming back game two. And for anyone who thinks, okay, maybe it's a change in the guard for Toronto, maybe. But I would just look to a few weeks ago when the Lightning beat the Leafs 8-1. to one. Like, after Tampa had gone a little bit wayward, mm-hmm. they just bring the hammer down on them. They beat the Preds. They beat the Panthers. Like, that three-game stretch that I saw, I go, okay, I'm not going to underestimate the Lightning anymore. Yes, Toronto looked awfully good in game one. Yes, Vasilevsky was, you know, subpar. Bad play behind the net. You know, the puck handling leads to an easy Matthews goal. The crowd was certainly phenomenal. You could tell that Scotiabank Arena, those fans, built up frustration through the pandemic, through playoff failures. Absolutely. Check, check. By the way, Jack Campbell played great. No doubt about it. But the Lightning didn't have an inspired effort. Stamkos, Kucherov particularly looked like he was floating around out there. I think game two, Tampa really comes back strong. Now, you're proximity-wise. I mean, you're not right by Boston, but I would guess you're in an area where there could be some, some Bruin fans. Uh, anyone uh, concerned that you've seen after a 5-1? Now, it wasn't 5-1 final, but it was a very close game even through about halfway through the third period. 2-1 early in the third? Yeah, but uh, 5-1, that's, that's a statement by the Canes. Any Bruins fans out in your neck of the woods sweating? There's definitely a couple around here in the neighborhood, but I'll tell you, uh, later today, probably an hour from now, I'm going to be shipping up to Boston. It's about a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive. I'll be going through my old stomping grounds in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I'm calling Angels at Red Sox tomorrow night. First Come one on. doing play-by-play for a baseball game in four years. And by the way, Pender, I don't even want to jinx it, but I believe I'm missing Otani by one day as far as pitching. I think Shohei is pitching tonight. So I'm getting uh, Garrett Whitlock of the Red Sox, whoever the heck the Angels are pitching out there. But more importantly, I can see Otani bat, I can see Trout, and I can see my bull buddy Alex Cora. So, in answer to your question, boom, I will be driving through Connecticut later today. I will have a better pulse uh, being in Boston later today. And, in fact, I'll be there on Wednesday during Game 2. So I will, I will perhaps offer updates of the Bruins-Canes while I'm in the booth for Angels-Red Sox. But that's another series where initially I would have said, hmm, no Freddie Anderson. And Rant is about one groin injury away from all of a sudden we got our boy Piotr Kochetchkov. And you're like, all right, maybe Carolina is vulnerable. But instead, that's another example, just like the Blues Wild, where Carolina's owned them. I mean, four games this year, and I believe Boston scored two goals, something like a plus 18 goal differential, those four, four games. So I think Linus Omar got his shot. Now you're going to see Jeremy Swayman get the call in game two. And similarly in Minnesota, 
I thought they'd start Talbot, then you go to the veteran. And it wasn't Mark Andre's Fleury's fault, by the way. He played fine. So it was clearly the better teams, particularly the fact Perron had a hat trick. But I think they also go to Camp Talbot game two. Sometimes when a team is that kind of spooked, when you're clearly in your head, they're going to mix things up. So I would fully expect Swayman game two for the Bruins and Talbot game two for the Wild. You kind of just glossed over. You're calling a Major League Baseball game. Like, tell us the network. What's the deal? Why are you there? How excited are you? Oh, thanks, uh, thanks, Ryan. Hey, listen, MLB Network, uh, seven o'clock Eastern. Like I said, I kind of bugged the boss. I said, I, you know, I haven't called a game here in a while. I used to call games at ESPN, you know, twelve, fifteen games in my career. I said, let's get back behind the the mic. And I said, okay, sure, we'll find a game for you. And away we go. So. Uh, it's going to be awfully fun. Boston, for those who are unaware, was expected to be a good team. They certainly overachieved a year ago. They have been disappointing so far, and, and the big surprise has been their offense. I mean, normally you figure with Boston, yeah, the starting pitching is always a little bit suspect, but Alex scores great with that bullpen. The offense scores runs. No, offense has been concerning. And if you were to use, we have this term on MLB Network, you know, the little game, concern, panic, doom. You look at any team, right? All right. Cincinnati Reds, concern, panic, or doom. I'm taking doom. The Reds are horrible. Like, they're done. But Boston right now, guys, I mean, I I might it's definitely concern, obviously, but I might be already going to panic because the Yankees, Boom's Yankees, have won 10 straight games. My boy Aaron Boone has this Yankee team rolling. And you can say, fine, suspect schedule, Baltimore, KC, whatever. They've won 10 straight games. They just beat the Toronto Blue Jays. We all know the Blue Jays aren't going anywhere. They're a good team. I watched the game Sunday. How great was it to listen to Dan Shulman on that call by George Springer? That catch was unbelievable. Watching that live in the ninth, and Romano once again got the save for Toronto. So, listen, we already know so far the Yankees and Jays are legit. I believe Tampa will be as well. For Boston, if you're already six or seven games under 500, you know, the old saying, you can't win the division in April, but you can certainly lose it. So I think between concern, panic, doom, Boston right now is already panicking. And I mentioned the Angels. They're a shockingly good team right now. I mean, they're 15-8 and eight out of the gate. Like, all right, hey, are we finally going to get Mike Trout in the playoffs for an extended playoff run? Are we going to see Shohei Otani pitching in October? And the pitching has been a big reason why. Michael Lorenzen has been great. The rest of the starters have finally stepped up. Love Joe Madden. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Angels and Red Sox, my first time not only seeing Otani in person, but calling Otani in person. I hope he goes deep. You should tell your bosses you haven't called the Stanley Cup final in a while. You Maybe they'll slide in for that. That's that simple. <laughs> that's just ask. Do, yeah. all they do, maybe they say no. Maybe they don't. It takes a little bit of cajoling, and they did say to me, well, can we get some proof? So I'm like, oh, I didn't exactly use the best terms. So I, I, I texted with a producer of mine who I, who I worked some games and listen, I need you to get me anything that I did play by play. And I, so I, and then he's like, well, how the hell am I going to know when you call the game? So I had to, I don't know if you guys could do this. But like, if someone said to you, boom, Pinder, give me a good radio show you did the last year. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, great. January 16th, uh, the 8 a.m. Eastern hour, we were particularly excellent. So I had to go back and decipher. I remembered I did call a Nationals game. It was around the 4th of July, and what was notable was Rick Porcello in that game, the pitcher, got a hit off Scherzer. And I remember me, Eddie President, Tim Kirchin having a good laugh because we kept saying, you know, particularly those guys, because it was two on, two out, and I was like, all right, let's lock in. They're like, yeah, yeah, let's lock in. Like, Porcello's going to do anything. And then, bam, hit a three-run double. So I was able to get that inning from my producer buddy, 60 minutes of content, sent it to my boss, and said, all right, here is some proof I've called the game. And sure enough, now we're calling Angels Red Sox. Which leaves the question, do you think my boss has actually watched all 16 minutes? Did they watch one minute? Was it just a test to see if I'd actually called the game? Answers we'll never know. Hmm. Well, I'll say this. You're a big deal, and you have done some, uh, some amazing things. But uh, for, a, uh, for a guy like you out of Canada, you're going to be sitting at the, uh, doing a broadcast at Fenway. That's uh, bucket list stuff, dude. Seriously. Don't uh, don't yeah. sleep on that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, don't swear either. Yeah, that's not gonna. That'll <laughs> be your last <laughs> one from Fenway on. too. Don't yeah, blow this, right. man. Come on. So they don't have you. Uh, they're they're not whisking you up in a limousine or a helicopter or something like that. You got to drive yourself. Oh, yeah. I am getting a rental car though, which I'm thrilled about. I don't know about you guys. I remember when I was a little kid. I just love the idea of a rental car because you feel like you know what. I can just go guns blazing here. I, I, even though it is incorrect, if you get stopped for a ticket, of course you have to pay the ticket. But I always feel like, eh, if you're in a rental car, you can't get away with things a little bit more in life. You know, something wrong with the, the alignment, the suspension. Oh, well, there's the rental car. I just got this sucker for two days, and away we go. Uh, and Boston, by the way, notoriously tricky city to drive in. So I, I look forward to getting to Boston 
parking at the hotel, and like I said, watching the game tonight, doing a little scouting, uh, check out the game tonight, and then I'll be ready for Wednesday. But I agree with you. It's going to be a fun experience. My biggest fear before I first called the game, it was with Rick Sutcliffe and Aaron Boone about six years ago, and I said, here's the biggest thing. They go, what's that? I go, you know, every time I'm watching the game, I never know when it's a home run or not. Like, the, the people are really smart. They literally, by the crack of the bat, they go, no, it's not a smart thing. And Sutcliffe said, he goes, I gave up 236 home runs in my career. He goes, first of all, I'll know when it's gone. <laughs> and Booney said to me, the key is, of course, the outfielders. Nobody knows when it's gone. How the hell could you tell? Nobody could you know where the ball is. Listen to Joe Buck. Every time he says back, track, at the wall, it's gone. So you just give yourself time to say back, the equivalent of back, track, looking up, and by then you'll know. He goes, and if it's a no-doubter, if it's 450 feet, trust me, you'll know when it's gone. So that's my only fear with the green monster, right? You think it's gone. No, it's off the 18-foot green monster, and that's a long single for Raphael Devers. Yeah, it can go sideways. Pitch, one, two, swung on, in the air to right. Back goes Stanton on the track, at the wall, <laughs> leaping, and she is gone. It is a home run. No. They're all waiting. And why are they waiting? Because Stanton caught the ball. Oh, the, and c- coming off the field is Chapman. Stanton never threw the ball back in. Oh, Stanton just robbed Chapman of a home run. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so don't, don't do that. It's because Stanton caught the ball. Yeah, for sure don't do that. Uh, would be my advice. The best, the best part of that is Susan Walden, just as Sutton and Boney were trying to be good teammates. Rick, yeah. I'm like, no. Like, she's just, just trying to help the guy. Like, no. What? No. Huh? He I don't know what's going on here. Because he, he <laughs> caught the ball. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, so don't do that, for sure. Keep your eye uh, keep your eye on the ball, literally and figuratively, I suppose. Now, before I let you go, yeah. I got to say, that I, gotta say I, was, uh, I had some running around to do on uh, the weekend. I was doing some home repair of which i'm horrible at don't mm. i should not be i mean oh. i'm going to the home depot no one that's lost Doesn't anyway well. had to go and get some stuff done and i want to listen to uh, maybe a podcast like i've got enough sports i don't need to hear it I need a little bit so you know what i'm gonna do cinephile i want to hear uh, adnan nice. so i call up the latest uh the latest episode here we go we're gonna get into it and um the title is People are concerned about how often Adnan urinates. Yeah. What? I, I said to my producer, I said, you know, I'm this, this feigned voice of film criticism. I'm, I'm breaking down Nicolas Cage's comeback film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. The previous week, I know, I, I know a movie you love, Boomer, 30th anniversary of Unforgiven. Yeah. We're giving some insights and analysis. And instead, that's the headline. He goes, well, I want to catch people's attention. I said, no, what are you talking It was a throwaway line in which the producer, Chris, said he maybe goes to the bathroom, maybe four times a day. And I laughed, and I said, man, I go to the bathroom 15, 20 times a day. He's like, what? So he thinks I have, like, an overactive bladder. And I go, well, listen, I just go to the bathroom. I like it. I, maybe I need to do some pelvic muscles or something. I'm not really sure. Maybe it's age. I don't know. But I think if you ask somebody right now, the people listening in Calgary, what is more often the case? Somebody pees 15 to 20 times a day. Or pees four times a day. I'm more concerned than somebody only being four times a day. God, how dehydrated are you? Go drink some water. Fifteen seems like a lot, Adnan. I, I know what you're. I know you're trying to position yourself <laughs> as being in the in no, the norm here. That seems high. Like, are yeah, you are you a drinking lot. a lot? Like, are you got an IV hooked to you at all times? May need to get a catheter at some point to clean this up a little bit. It's, you know, it's kind of like when you're a kid. I think I was just told by my mom, anytime you have to go, you have to go. Whereas probably most people hold their blood a little better. I feel like if I don't go now, my, my, my six-year-old self will tell me, no, no, something bad's going to happen. And because and, tonight it's, you know, it's Fenway. Don't, oh, yeah. don't put yourself in a tough spot. Make sure of the 15 yeah. that you space them out so you've got a nice little window <laughs> there for yourself to call an inning. Is that good? A baseball game. And pray for yeah, no extras. <laughs> That's another. You're right. I was playing last night. No playoff overtime. I don't want extra extra innings, especially that bathroom. I don't. 1912. That building was built. I have no idea how many bathrooms they have. We could be in some trouble. And we finally found a gig you can't yeah. do. You, you you will never allow to, to to do red zone because that guy can't yeah. go six hours of peeing. He's he's sorry, yeah. dude. That's the one gig you'll never have. Yeah, I've talked to Scott Hansen before, Pinder, and that was my first question. I said, do you have a Hall of Fame bladder? Like, how the hell do you do that? And he's like, I just, I just trained my bladder, and uh, I don't drink any liquids a day off. I go, jeez, he must be dehydrated. He's like, once that day. That's it. There you go. He's getting out to the tank. I know you got a meeting. we got to let you run. Good luck. We'll be well, going to have to watch a little baseball.
Good for you, buddy. Congrats. No, I appreciate it always, fellas. Go Flames, go. We'll chat in a week. There he is. All right. Adnan Verk, 15p, uh, 15 and a half over under oh boy. Uh, urinations for uh, Adnan a day. That's too much. Uh, that's, that's why the podcast is a great thing. It's maybe going to hear about uh, what's new in the theaters, or uh, there was also some other things in there that I'm not going to mention on the air. Hmm. It's not important. You can go if you go to your pod, wherever you get your pods, and you go there, it'll be in the uh, the show description. Just go to the pod aisle of the store. That's right, and pick no. up yourself some uh, some Adnan Verks at the, at the Cinephile Prawn. Yeah, that's kind of thing. Now, what, Dumas, what do we got here? What's this thing? Well, uh, we just uh, hit it. Okay. Yep. Want to sit lower bowl at the Saddle Dome to see your Calgary Flames? Here's your Flames playoff code word. Overtime. Did you see that? We've got I mean, some I mean, tickets. I heard that, yeah. We got tickets. Game one, game two, game five if necessary, game seven if necessary. We've got tickets to the Calgary Flames playoff run. Did you hear the code word? Text it in to 960-960 later today on the big show. They will take one of the people who texted in with the correct answer. Contact you, and you will be off to game one tonight. It's that easy. Oh, man. We'll break. We'll come back. Set up tonight. Four series get underway. Details coming. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Calgary. This program brought to you by Sundry Golf Club. Open for the season. Book your tee time. Sundrygolf.com. Book your company golf event for the upcoming summer. Maybe you just want to get out of town, have a nice relaxing 18. Do it. Sundry's ready for you. Sundrygolf.com. It is Calgary Flames game day. The playoff begins tonight. Game one of the best of seven. Get ready, Calgary. Let's go. Warm up on your radio at 7. Puck drop probably about 8, 10, 8, 15. They've been going about 8, 15 minutes after. Jeez. You know, TV and they got stuff to do and all that. Get it in, then get her on, get her going, and get it done. There's going to be a lot of screaming during the anthem series. There will be a lot of that. Because you know, there's certain words and certain songs that one fan base yells, and then in the That's other right. fan base yells a different word, and then and a different song. Now, here's the thing, though, is as excited as everybody is, and you see you come out come out of the gates flying. Everybody's wound up, ready to go. Mm-hmm. The coach will tell you, just take a little bit of, uh, as uh, you know, Slash and Axel told you, you need a little patience. You need 14 forwards, 15 forwards. Mm-hmm. I've said it again, this is not a star-laden team. This is a team that's it's not like one guy's going to take the game over. It's like asking about Marky or we don't, that's not our game. That was tried and didn't work. It was tried and not true. So we need all our all our players to be consistent. There can't be any highs and lows in it and that's how you make the playoffs and that's how you win games in playoffs is you don't have the momentum for every shift. So you got to be able to handle it and deal with it. They don't stars, Dean. They've only got uh, three 40-goal scorers, the most in the NHL. Yeah, there is that part. But I, I, I look, uh, he's sending messages. He, he say, he, what he's saying is, you guys can't think you're stars. You can't play like you're stars. The, the reason we got here was a team concept and a buy-in to the defensive side of the puck. If this works, you're going to see performances from Blake Coleman, Mangiapane, Toffoli, Goodbranson, this sort of thing. If it's just one line, then, yeah, I don't see it going that long. Every team that does it, every team that does it, you look back at that Stars run, at the Habs run, Tampa Bay, the way they did it, go back to St. Louis. It was not, hey, how about Ryan O'Reilly single-handedly taking the – no, it's – and the part at the end to me is maybe one of the biggest challenges is you don't have momentum – for long stretches of time, potentially. Be okay being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Your gut's going to get all twisted. You're going to be down in a game. You might be down by two. It's the third. Holy cow, we might lose. You're going to have to be okay in that. And then get ready because in two days' time, you're, it's again, and then again, and then again. Which is not to say they can't. They've proven to be very resilient this year. But it's a little different now 
when it's a seven-game series. Resiliency, forget about it. Shelf, don't live in the on the good. And that's the what was it? Game five or six of the season. Daryl was asked about. Well, these guys are feeling pretty good. Yeah, you know, how do you keep them even keel? I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, which is that. where Daryl's best trait comes in. Celebrate, I guess, if but not too much, and we move on. If we lose this thing. They've been playing. Well, I, don't know, I talked about it yesterday. The start of Flames talk. It feels like Daryl has had a checklist of what needs to happen for this team to have playoff success, and he slowly worked through that list all season. So the beginning was okay. We got to buy into this team concept. We got to play defense. We can't be a group of individuals. We've got to be a team. Moves along. We got to be a good team on the road. We got to be, you know, we got to be good at home. We got to make the dome a tough place to play. We got to be comfortable in close games. We're still learning to win. And then at the end of the year, when we saw them tie the game late against Nashville a couple times, when we saw them, you know, square things off late and get into overtime in games that they've trailed, it's like, yeah, you have to go out and play your last every shift. Like, it might be the one that wins the game. Like, he has gotten this group, I think, to exactly where he wants them at this juncture. And I think a lot of the work that's gotten him to here is trying to get this group comfy, in a place like that building tonight mm-hmm. if it's tied with five minutes left. Not freaking out. I got to try to do something on my own, but just being comfortable with sticking to that process. And Sarah Velli talked about it last hour, about how they seem better equipped, obviously, on the ice, but maybe mentally that it's a lot of Daryl. Maybe it's having Markstrom in net, that there isn't a lot of panic. We, we joke about it, the crumple, the crumble that we've seen with Jeff Ward. You go back to... You know, it's been years that this team looked mentally fragile. I won't say soft, but they just looked like they weren't as strong as they needed to be when the pressure was on. You hope that that's of the things that they've checked the box on, that that's also now one that they can be comfortable in their own skin in tight hockey games. We shall see. Yeah. Starting tonight. And look, they were all close games against Dallas. Sure. This is not an even match on paper statistically when you look at these two clubs, but the three games they played on ice against each other. 4-3 in overtime. An overtime game, a one-goal game with a goaltender change and a furious rally, and the other one was an empty netter. Yep, 4-2 with an empty netter. 17 Dallas Stars remain from that team from 2020. What did we say? It was 10 for the Flames? And 10 for the Flames. Goalies have changed for the Flames. You got, what, two defensemen? Because Tanev wasn't there yet. He played in Vancouver that year. Shillington didn't play, so I'm not going to count. So you got yeah. zero goalies and two defensemen from that bubble 2020 team. Not a lot. And when you fail, you expect and hope and need there to be change. So now, what about, we've heard a lot about Lewis and Toffoli and Lucic and... These guys that have come in with Stanley Cup pedigree and playoff performances and experience and all of that. And Daryl kind of doubled down. There's one thing to have experience. It's another thing to have positive experiences. You could have gone to the playoffs and got folded up in the first round four or five, six times. That doesn't really give you that steely resolve you need to be successful in the postseason. How about some guys that have gone two, three rounds deep and have tasted at least winning a round, coming back, holding off an opponent, that sort of thing. And I do, you mentioned Toffoli, man, I, I want him badly to perform. I just remember him as a Montreal Canadian and how good he looked in that postseason run for them. And it was the year before Vancouver too. Yeah. And I haven't seen, now maybe there's something there. Maybe he's just slowing down or there's it. I just feel like, and Daryl talked about it, the, goal, the scoring chances he's getting, it's going to come that one night it's going to be Tyler Toffoli and he's going to get all the offense. It's going to be a big night and Toffoli's going to yeah. lead them. And I, I wonder if there's still another fit to be found somewhere. I don't think their best defensive center with their best offensive finisher is necessarily a match that lasts here. It has down the stretch, but we're into crunch time. If things aren't working and you're down in a series, there'll be changes. The, o- the only thing I would say there is that Dubé line – with back, they've actually been pretty good with uh, Yarn Crow. They've been great. Me. They've been great. So, are but, you, but again, that's not the Toffoli line, and it does seem like a mismatch, the center and the winger there. But if you have two lines that are working, are you busting up one line? The other line that worked really well, that might have been the, the best analytical line they've had this year that wasn't the top line, was when they had Manjapani, Backlund, Coleman. 
And what that would leave you with is Yarncroke, Toffoli, Dubé. I don't know if that's a better spot for Toffoli or not. But I just think the profiles of Tyler Toffoli and Michael Backlund are very different, and yet they've been attached to the hip for a month here. A month might be strong, but you know, get my point. I wonder about their power play. We don't know how much. Now there were some I th- there were some bad calls last night. It's I think it's always it's don't judge game one. It's like you don't judge game one to ten of a of an NHL season. Hey, there's going to be a crackdown, and then there's a crackdown, but then essentially things kind of. Yeah. I think as the series goes along, the whistles go away a little bit more. Yeah, when you get to game six and it's zero zero late in the second, it just might be no more penalties the rest of the night type time. Like that's when you'll really see the. I guess the uh, environment affect the officiating. Tense, tight, close scoring. Yeah, and I game won- one probably doesn't mean a ton relative to the rest. And I wonder there if that's an opportunity for Toffoli a little bit because they moved Manjapani in, and he was kind of that net front slot guy. That the shots from the middle of the ice, as Daryl talked about when Monahan left that spot, he was there for a long time. Toffoli came in after the trade and then performed pretty well there for a period of time. It cooled. In went Manjapani. I don't know that it's looked that great. I wonder if that's kind of a twofold thing. Maybe get to Foley shooting. Maybe he's a better shooter in that spot than Manjapani. I don't know. The other thing we have to remember, too, is that they've done a pretty good job of playing sound hockey when there really wasn't urgency, like trying to fabricate it or at least be, you know, okay, we got to work our tails off. The, the easy thing to do is human nature and, you know, let, let things slip a little. They've done a good job, but let's also remember that this game does mean a lot. And this will be the first game in a long time for the Calgary Flames where it's like, okay, this has serious implications, this result tonight. And I think there's a gear that we've maybe forgotten they had when you look back to that 10-game winning streak. They've, they've really not played a lot of meaningful hockey in the last month. Sure, there's been games against playoff opponents and, oh, this can affect the seating for those guys, but they've been home and cooled first in the Pacific for quite some time. There'll be that jump. Like, oh, yeah, this is why playoff hockey is different than regular season. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, let's right? go. Here we go. Let's do this thing. Now, we need to make our picks. Oh, yeah, we got four. We got our uh, first four in yesterday. We will now... Make our bold selections for uh, the final four series that begin tonight. We'll start with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers. Rangers have home ice. Uh, what can we tell you about this uh, this series? Rangers. How's Jari? What's how's Jari? Well, you know, Rangers went three and one this year in the regular season against the Penguinos. Rangers lost in 2020 in the best of five. Uh, in three straight to Colorado. So this is hey, last. This is them. Uh, they're coming of age. They're coming around. And for the Pittsburgh Penguins, headed to the postseason for the 16th consecutive campaign, which is, uh, that's consistency. That's decent is how that goes. Uh, you're scrambling. Do you need to, uh, are you looking for notes? No, is I just had, our, uh, I had all our picks yesterday written down. On I the got them right paper. here. Yeah. What do you just, need? What does well, yesterday have to do with anything? I wanted all my picks in one place. You got to know who count you took you Boston for... in order to pick a winner between the Rangers and no, Pittsburgh. No, it doesn't affect or? my picks today. I'm just, I'm just rooting through it and getting ready. Let's go. All right. LFG. So who do you like in this series? Ah, <laughs> uh, when in doubt, I'm going to take the team that I think has really improved their play rather than dipped, and has the guy that's going to win the best now. So I'll take the Rangers in six. Dumas? Yeah, I like the Rangers as well. We'll go take them in six games as well. Oh, it's <laughs> Shesterkin. Uh, the, the moves they made at the deadline, getting Andrew Kopp and all those guys, they've, they've gotten a lot better uh, with the quality chances against. I like the Rangers. Penguins, eh. They're getting Jason Zucker back. Maybe he's skating today, so I don't know how much that'll help. I've got Rangers in seven. I think that just... Pittsburgh's good enough to to push this a little bit, but man, if it's Casey DeSmith versus Igor Shosturkin, yeah, anyone against Igor Shosturkin hasn't been fair this year. I don't feel like that's a very good setup for anybody. Has uh, to your point, uh, the second game tonight, the Capitals and the Panthers. Three of the four top seeds are uh, playing tonight. Mm-hmm. Two and one were the Panthers. They won in overtime. 
then lost in regulation 4-3 to the Capitals and then beat them 5-4. So very tight games for the Panthers. Uh, Third straight year that they are in. However, they have not won a playoff series since 1996. Mm. 26 years. The Eastern Conference Final, a seven-game affair that saw the Panthers eliminate Pittsburgh. That uh, that roster, Mario Lemieux, Yarmer Yager, Sergei Zubov. A long time ago. That's a bit, yeah. Sam Reinhart, 532 regular season games. Tonight, his first ever playoff game. Hmm. That's a lot. So he'll be uh, he'll be wrapped up. Uh, Capitals down hear? the stretch. Kept waiting for them to pass Pittsburgh. They couldn't do it. Didn't do it. Lost four of their last five. And we missed, yeah. uh, what, the last three of them, I believe? And you talk about home and cooled. Uh, the Panthers dynamite at home, 34-7 and seven on home ice. Mm. Uh, they have home ice in this series, too. which is They have home worth, ice uh, for the playoffs, Dean. That's right. Any, any series they. Who wants to uh, start us off? I'll take uh, the Panteros in a sweep. Is that right? How about that? That'd be four games then, right? Is that right? Yeah. Okay, well, I was thinking. Yeah, I've got them in five. I'm going to give... Uh, Ovi and the Caps a chance to win one at home, but I think it's yeah it's 0-2 and over in a hurry. How about you, Dumont? Yeah, we'll go Panthers in six. Uh, if Ovechkin was healthy, I'd feel a little bit be- better about the Capitals and their goaltending's a mess. Florida ends that 26-year drought. A lot of consensus today. I don't like this one bit. Well, it's going to be consensus. Well, in fairness, yeah, like we said, there's 22 points separating the Panthers and the Caps and the uh, Predators and the Avalanche. Avalanche Preds. Now, interestingly, Nashville went 3-1 and one versus the Avs this year. Uh, David Riddick was in for one of those wins. Of course, that was just, what, last week? 5-4 in the shootout yep. that got them uh, that uh, big point that was going to move them into the first wild card, right? That's what that meant at the time. Big save, Nick. Yeah. Five straight years for Colorado going in. The Predators are going in for the eighth straight time. Colorado stumbling block. They haven't been through the second round. Nazem Kadri's been a good playoff performer. He's been controversial I was gonna with say, the Leafs, but he has been, been pretty good. He's been in the lineup. He's been helpful. He had five game winners in the 2020 postseason. And you mentioned they didn't get out of the second round. So he was big for them going back to the 2020. Um, they're the favorites, heavy favorites, home ice. It's the 7.30 start tonight. I will start first. I have Colorado in the sweep here. Abs and four. I'll take the abs and five. Abs and a sweep. Poor, poor David Riddick. You know, everybody used to just, this guy, this guy could be a real goaltender. This guy's pretty good. Today, this guy's junk. They miss, they're missing their MVP. There's no other way to describe what's happened in Nashville. Yes, Philip Forsberg's had a sensational year. Matt Duchesne, wow, what a, who could have forecast 40 plus goals? Roman Yossi. Phenomenal, maybe the best all-around defenseman. They are not a playoff team without. Saros has been their horse, man. Yeah, they lost the NHL's minute leader and starts leader at the time of his injury. That puts them in a really awkward spot of trusting a guy they didn't trust this year or having to. One series remains. It's the Flames. It's the Stars. We've talked about it all morning. We'll talk about it all week. Dumas, start us off. Give me the Flames in five games. Uh, this team has been rolling for God knows how long here. It's been three months of this. All year it's been consistently. They never get, you know, too far against it. They don't lose a lot of games. Dallas, you know, that one-line team. We'll see if Ben and Sagan can get going, but I don't like the goaltending for Dallas right now. Ottinger, he'll, we'll learn. We'll know a lot about Jake Ottinger here coming up. So, But, yeah, I think the Flames, five games. I got uh, Calgary in six. They're a little bit tricky, the Stars. They're not the better team, but they're not an easy team. I also have them in six. A little adversity for the Flames. A complete consensus will, on tonight's game. They will find a way to uh, to prevail. We were completely the other way yesterday. Yeah, we had all but Edmonton. We were multiple picks, except we all had the Oilers. You and uh, Dumas had Boston. I had Carolina. I had Tampa. You two have Toronto. And I had Minnesota. And you two have St. Louis. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. What? You have the Leafs, right? Or Tampa? No, I have Tampa, like I said. You two have Toronto. This is why I take notes, too, see? Dumont, you took the Leafs or, yep. or Tampa Bay? I and took the Leafs, Leafs in seven. seven. All right. 
There's always audio. I mean, we can always go back. Mm. Uh, you uh, you had the Wild only? I got the Wild in six. They got to get her going. And we all have the Oilers. We all have the Oilers in five, which um, by my math means they cannot lose. They got to get rolling. <laughs> Dumont, didn't you have six? Yeah, I think I had Oilers six. And six. I think I, yeah, Oilers and six. I yeah, them splitting one in uh, here in Edmonton and in LA. So if there's yeah. if you were now that we have one game, anybody would you would not that you can, but would you change your picks? Anything you saw uh, last night I, as we I, overreact? I was going to one say game? I don't want to overreact. I, I think Tampa's got a lot more to show, so I'm not necessarily worried about that pick. I don't give enough respect to the Hurricanes. I think. It's, and there's something about St. Louis at Minnesota. Like the, the the analytics love Minnesota. I think they're a more physical team. I wonder where they go in that. That St. Louis has been their kryptonite. They've been so good the last couple of years in this league. St. Louis has their number. They have to go to Talbot, right? I don't know. I mean, you got a Hall of Famer or a guy that's been real hot down the stretch. It, but you've played the Hall of Famer. You're now down. You want to be O two leaving home. I mean, if I they go it, back to Flurry, it doesn't mean they're O two leaving home. But I, 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 I yeah. think if I was leaning, I'd lean Talbot. But I, I would understand if they, you know, they gave up significant aff- assets to go get Mark Andre Flurry. You don't do that if you think Talbot's our guy. We got no issues in that. What about you, Dumas? You feel good? Still feel good? It's just like do I like the Hurricanes? I, I like like they said it was first half of the game is really close, but then Carolina turned it on. I'm just wondering if Swayman and Allmark can get it done. Swayman and then let's go. Sway dog. Sway dog. And Pinder, you and I have Oilers at five. Like I was saying, our margin no for losses. our margin for errors. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I mean, I'm wrong a lot. I, I, I got to be wrong. Love to be wrong there. I'll be okay with that. That would just tear me up. It's time for what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Operate your locks with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit CalgaryLockAndSafe.com. Talking about. Talking about. We'll get some of your texts in here. We'll get out of the way. Flames talk coming up. Owen Newkirk. Yeah, the host of Stars Radio. He'll join us at uh, the second half of the hour. There you go. He's doing shopping. He's shopping right now. He says, I'm at the grocery store. I'll be back for the hit at half past. Getting some Cheetos and sour cream and salsa and all that. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got their game day ritual. Yeah, yeah. Yada ta yada ta 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 nine sixty. No one has been good against Shesterkin, except Calgary. except Marky and the Flames. Yeah, he's allowed about eleven goals and two appearances against the Flames. Weird. Mm. You're like that guy's winning the Vesla, and you're like, oh look at these numbers that had those two Flames again. They're they're included in those numbers. Wow, he must have been really good in the other mm-hmm. the other seventy or whatever it was. Uh, a little off topic, but I saw a grizzly bear on Highway 40 yesterday. Close, what? Closest I've ever been. Thought it was Boomer at first. Hmm. You get that a lot? I'm nowhere near that hairy, I don't think. I mean, Maybe you have some sort of a weird jacket on. Tarps off, maybe. Hmm. Fellas, what should the pre-drink of choice be before heading to the game be tonight? Be careful. 8 o'clock start on a weeknight here. Pace yourself. I've been thinking about this, Dean, a lot. Because you've called me useless for tomorrow's show already. That's right. And I haven't even had a drink yet today. Well, but, it's 8.56. No, my point being is I might you have just, not had a drink. Maybe I just have soda water today. I don't have alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is going to hey, be a I think, I'm supposed to I think that's great. Guys at the brewery. Multiple invites to the game. You're going to have to go from sweet to sweet now. We'll see. To make your presence felt. I was excited to be up with the the masses in the 300s, but maybe next time. You're a very popular guy. Never boring. Very popular. Lots of invites for Pinder, which is weird because all I seem to see on here is people, you know, crush you. Yeah. But well, you, but yeah. in real life, you got a lot of people that seem to be quite fond of you. Like I said, never boring. Do I go spraying or seeding tonight? Got to get the seed in the ground, but I got to kill off the weeds too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, what's the? Is it gonna? It's gonna be dry this week, right? Well, it depends on the wind. On the wind, if it's too windy, you're not spraying. You're not spraying in the wind. You're not spraying in the wind. And I just know here, it's been it feels like it's been very windy. Uh, why isn't there a best flow in the league award? Who are your top nominees? Well, here's the thing: Tanev has long hair. I'm not. I'm not sure that's flow. 
I feel yeah. like Flo kind of needs to. Flo's a little more like Bo Bichette. Like it's like, oh, yeah, like there's pre- some pretending you're not working, but you're working at it. Yeah, there's some conditioner. There's some. Yeah, you got products. You got a relationship with someone that does your hair. Yeah, Tanev looks like he could. He's combing his hair with a pork. He shop. looks like he's climbed out of a dumpster. Yeah, it's not very nice to say what at all. But that, uh, you, you know. uh, doesn't look like he's climbing out of a uh, you know like a hair salon per se. Be okay being uncomfortable is some sage advice from Boom Boom. I just think in general. In that's life. good life ad- advice. Be okay not being okay. <laughs> Dig in. It's not always going to be easy. Things are not going to be okay. You got to be okay with not being okay. Uh, the redhead from Buffalo would win the Flow Award. Cody Eakin. That's Cody Eakin. It's, it's Flow. I'll tell you what, there was a, uh, I saw Blake Coleman throw on his oh, Instagram Coleman. the other day, a yeah. photo. Handsome man. Very handsome, rugged, ruggedish, and the hair was, it was absolutely flowing. Manicured. Yeah, it's very nice. Any guess as to why the national media likes Mike Smith so much? Oh, just look at it, all the Do hits they? he's saving as defenseman. I don't know. Does everybody love? There's just, a, you know what I don't get? Clearly, he has a very, very high-end skill set moving the puck. But stop calling him the best puck handling goalie in the league when six of them end up at his net every year. There's a lot of goalies that play the puck a ton, and none of them go in their own net. There's too much risk-reward. Like, look at the decision-making tree that he had going on last night. Where he's sitting with the puck, where he's looking, where he chooses to put the puck. That's not the best puck handling goalie in the league. Now, is it the guy that can impress you the most, shooting and handling and firing it? Sure. But the decision's a huge part of being a good puck handler, not just the, the physical tools. The decisions are horrible sometimes. This one came in early and often today from Roger's place last night. Did you see in Edmonton tied 3-3 with six and a half minutes to go? The crowd started doing the wave. Well, they got what they deserve then. They got exactly what they deserve. LA scores 4-3. Kings win. Yeah, it was 3-3, and they were celebrating, right? You're the home team, and you're tied. Let's stand up and celebrate. Been a great night, guys. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't realize. I hadn't thought much about it. I didn't see the wave as being something that you have to be that diligent about. How much time? What's the score? What's the margin of? Well, what are you doing, right? You're having fun. And when you're beating the tar out of a team at a sporting event and the good guys are up, that's having fun. But if it's a tie game with six left in the playoffs, you shouldn't be worried about trying to get people's attention in section 112 to stand up and wave. You should be watching the game. Can you not have fun, though, if it's... Yeah, uh, have some fun, but it's 3-3. Is that the time to celebrate an achievement, or is that the time to get another goal? Like I say, I don't know. Hockey gods uh, didn't like it, Dean. You got what they deserve. You hate to see it, for sure. But uh, Maybe Mike Smith was distracted by the wave. That's what happened. Oh, this has got to be our former guy. Do I go to the first game of the year for my softball league tonight or stay home and watch the game? Like, it's got, there's only one guy that's already knee deep in softball leagues. There's like three guys that with used to work cleats. Um, if I were to eat premium plus crackers and peanut butter every Flames game in the playoffs, how many crackers is okay for each game and how much peanut butter is acceptable? Thanks. Go Flames. Are we really giving someone advice on peanut butter and crackers? For me, premium plus crackers, the only scenario in which I'm having those is in soup. That is a good soup. Tomato cracker. soup, chicken, but to eat them as a snack, they if just, I'm having crackers with something, yeah. Like I'm not having garlic sausage or meat and cheese or pickles or that with premium plus crackers. I mean, there is a certain degree of, I'm very fancy. You are, yeah. Right? Um, so I, you do you, man. I don't know. I just think you're, you're going to tell yourself, you can only eat so many of those before it's, <laughs> before you're done, you know, before you're done with the crackers. Isn't that like a scientific fact? You can only eat so many crackers like in a minute or something like that. Yeah. I think there's like a six cracker challenge or something like that. There's just like, it's too much. Yeah. It's just, there's, they're so dry. There's not enough saliva in your mouth. It's impossible. It is impossible. Um... People I wanna. had the pre- people had premium plus with uh, Ritz crackers. You got to go Ritz and peanut yeah, you butter. You seem like a Ritz guy. That's a fancy one for you. I don't mind Ritz. I told you it's the bacon dippers. I love me the bacon dippers. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring in a box and get you going.
get you hooked. Pizza yesterday, hot dog tonight, undies remain, let's go, baby. Uh, that couch. Guy, yeah, that guy tuned uh, tuned in yesterday, and he was yeah. saying, do I go pizza or hot dogs? And I'm just glad he's not asking undies or no undies. Like he's, this guy's got it figured out. I'm glad he's not asking or no, that, he's that just, he would. He's just letting us in. Or that he would be looking for advice for something like that. What do you think, guys? Uh, gear? Should I be wearing some gear or no gear? <laughs> Balls out or uh, put them, uh, power, you know, package them up. Putting the bird in the air. I mean, I don't, don't, don't <laughs> care. I really don't want to, uh, uh, quote, I haven't had a drink yet today, end quote, Ryan Pinder, 8.57 a.m. Tuesday. Yeah. It was like you were uh, a badge of honor there. I haven't had a drink yet today. It was more that you'd already written me off. <laughs> like, that's how little faith you have in my ability to, um, Avoid alcohol. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Zero faith. It's not about, nothing about your character or, <laughs> or who you are as a parent or a husband. It's who you are as a degenerate. Yeah. I know you well enough I'm trying to, to know you. I'm fight, but I really can't. Yeah. And, and I usually love debating the stupidest of things. So and, and you I know what, Ryan? probably got a point there. It's okay to not be okay. It's like, it's okay yeah. to be a degenerate when you have, you have no, no choice in the matter. I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. That's right. I've been a Flames fan since 86. However, my stomach is churning today. So excited, but so nervous. I have been disappointed so many times over the years. I do not want my expectations to get high. There is something about every single expert picking the Flames that I don't like. It's a little too consensus-y, and I hate that. Mm -hmm. Don't like it one bit, Dean. I know. Couldn't we have some jerk in, like, Winnipeg's bureau desk pick the stars? Come on. Please. The wave has nothing to do with the score. Pinder is wrong. And somebody wants the bird in the air. Again, you put the bird in the air when something's over. We're we're hoping this is the start of something tremendous. You know? We hope this is the beginning of a long run. We're going to be exhausted from staying up and watching overtime games and going into round two, round three. Man, I am so tired. I've spent thousands of dollars on booze and game tickets, and I I can't – I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to pay rent? That's what we want. Yeah. You don't put the bird in the air for that. Uh, hey, boys, got the air seater decked out in flames. Flags. Cannot wait. Let's go, buddies. That coming from Albert. Boy, Albert. And get the flags on the tractor. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I can get down with that. I'll throw one of these out there. Just because I mentioned his name earlier, and somebody did request it. If we're going to do a, uh, hmm? we're going to do a two, and we'll do this one on the way out. Um. We'll get out of the way. That's what you want to talk about. It's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe, your experts in automatic door service repairs and replacements. Visit yeah. CalgaryLockandSafe.com. Come on, Toth. Damn boy. Damn boy. Damn boy. Owen Newkirk coming up. Jeff Merrick. Big show. Chance to win tickets. Steinberg, Maddie Rose, Lavardius, Derek Wills. Game one. Get your helmet on. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.